0: you have a
1: Bible, we're going to go to the book of Jeremiah this morning, the book of Jeremiah. And I want to bring you a message that um, I, get, I guess for me is just one of those messages that I love and is very, very dear to my heart. They say there are a lot of sermons, but only a few messages. And and this for me is just something that touches me every time I think about it. And I, and I really felt like the Lord laid it on my heart to share with you today. And we're going to read Three verses from Jeremiah chapter twenty-one, and in these three verses, God gives us three different things. In the first verse, He makes an observation. In the second verse, He gives us an offering, an opportunity, and then in the third verse, He gives us an instruction. And I want you to read these three verses with me, and then we're gonna we're gonna bring them home, and then we can go get some lunch. But <laughs> but hopefully in the middle before lunch. God can speak a word into our hearts. Verse 21, I have not sent these prophets, yet they run around claiming to speak for me. I have given them no message, yet they go on prophesying. Turns out a preacher doesn't need God to speak for him to open his mouth. If they had stood before me and listened to me, they would have spoken my words and they would have turned my people from their evil ways and deeds. Am I a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I am far away at the same time. Let's read it one more time. I have not sent these prophets, yet they run around claiming to speak for me. I have given them no message, yet they go on prophesying. If they had stood before me and listened to me, they would have spoken my words and they would have turned my people from their evil ways and deeds. Here's our key verse. Am I a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord? Only close at hand? Only close at hand? No. I am far away at the same time. He said about himself, I am far away at the same time. I am, said God. I am the faraway God, the faraway God, the faraway God. Lord, I pray that in these next few minutes, you would just open our hearts. Speak your word to us. Speak your word in us. Bring faith, bring healing, bring freedom. Call us unto yourself. You say into our hearts, reach for me. So breathe your word in this place, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. I was preaching several years ago in Tokyo, Japan. I've done a series of conferences throughout the country. And on the third of the three days, we've been flying, preaching, eating late, getting up the next morning on repeat. And on the third of the three days, I was speaking at a conference in Tokyo, Japan. Love Tokyo. Love Japan. And here I am, and I'm preaching. I've got my translator, a friend of mine. His name is Kirby. And we're preaching this message. And I say a phrase. Kirby repeats the phrase in Japanese. I won't try to do it. But as we were preaching together, you know, when you're doing something and you do it a lot, you kind of have your own vibe, your own perception of how you're doing. And I'm mid-message. And honestly, my perception of how I was doing was I'm crushing the game. I'm killing it right now. This message is absolutely stellar. I was giving myself a solid 8.5 to 9.5 out of 10. I'm like, John, my perception of me was you are too Christian for your church right now. Like I, I thought I was doing really, really well. Kirby, he was full gusto. He thought I was doing really, really well. When I was looking out at the crowd, preachers tend to look towards the back of the auditorium and they were all into it and I thought, I'm doing really well. And then my gaze went from the back of the auditorium towards the front. And as I looked towards the front, it was like a different group of people. No one was looking at me. People looked kind of awkward. There was no sense of engagement. They looked sort of distracted. And I was really bewildered as a preacher until I finally got all the way to the very front row. When I looked at the very front row, every hand was pointed like this in a solid same direction. So I went across the front row towards the side until over here, there was a person with an iPad and in English, praise God, was a sign being held up to me and it said, Pastor John's fly is completely. I like the word, the fact that they put the word completely. Pastor John's fly is completely down. I'm standing in a pulpit trying to give glory to the one true God. Well, I'm I'm communicating a glory of a different nature. And my perception of me and their perception of me could not be more completely different. The one speaking through Jeremiah the prophet in these three verses is our God. And the prophets have a perception of themselves. And in our verse of Scripture, God's giving His perception of them. And God's perception and their perception could not be more different. When we read in verse 21, we find out about these prophets that they are running around all over the place. I'm sure if we were to talk amongst the prophets, they would be saying to each other, how you doing? Oh, bro, busy. Got a full calendar. You should see my itinerary for the next month. I got planes, I got engagements, I got this, I got a crowd, I got an interview, I got a podcast, I got a book coming out. I mean, when you saw these prophets, you would see a calendar that is rammed full of important activity. They are running around all over the place claiming to speak for me the Bible says. They have a perception of themselves. They're saying, man, we are called, we are anointed. These are the prophets. These prophets are called by God to bring His Word into difficult situations, to see circumstances change, healing, freedom, direction. God said, if they heard my words, they could turn my people. There is tremendous power in the hands of the prophet. There's tremendous power. In your hands today, the same God who called them called you and me. And the Bible says that they are running around all over the place. They have full itineraries, lots of engagement. I bet they're thinking people love me. And then when we get God's perception of them, He's like they are running around claiming to speak for me, but they have no message. I have given them no word. I have not sent them yet they keep going all over the place. The the activity looks good, but it's ineffective. God's saying about these prophets that they have a full calendar, but no unction. He's saying they are an empty oracle. They are a prophet with no voice, a leader with no mandate, a believer in Jesus without a living word from God in their hearts. He's saying about these prophets, they are faking it, but they are not making it. They are a hollow veneer. They are running around. They are replacing effectiveness with busyness. They are high on activity and they are low on impact. Hello? They have religious activity, but they have no revival. And friends, when I read these verses several years ago, something jumped in my heart because I knew the Lord was speaking to me. Because if there is one thing we do not need in the year 2023, it's a whole lot of religious activity that makes no difference on the world in which we live. We don't need a lot of sermons, we don't need a lot of kumbaya, we don't need a lot of holding hands until our palms get sticky, declaring the goodness of God. We need a church and a Christian and a message and a mandate that brings freedom and healing, that turns people, that brings change and real genuine revival. Come on, if you believe that, could you put your hands together and praise your God like you believe that He can bring revival? We need something more. We need a difference. I, I don't think the devil is concerned if all we have is religiousness. If our spiritual activity is watered down to cute activity that has no impact on the world around us, honestly, I think the devil is probably fine with it. But God is not just making an observation. He's also giving to the prophets an offering, an opportunity. He says to them, this is what your life is like right now. But here is my offer to you. If you would stand before me, if you would stand before me, Is anybody else in this room so grateful that the God of the universe doesn't see their state and then condemn them to nothing, but the God of the universe sees their state and then says, there is another way that you could go. There is a new horizon of opportunity. There is something greater that I have for you. If you would stand before me, God is offering to these prophets intimacy, relationship, Something powerful in their lives to get rid of the gnawing sense of disquiet that my life is hollow and has no substance, to alleviate the feeling like I am I am not really the person qualified to do this, to give them surety and clarity and unction and faith and cut-through. God says to them, if you would just come close. To me, and still today, our God offers to you and to me intimacy. He says, "I want to speak to you." God doesn't want a prophet without unction. Neither does God desire a Christian without a living relationship. God wants every person under the sound of this message to have a faith promise that is alive in our hearts. God invites the prophet to return he invites the wayward to come close to him again because this is literally what he says if they then they would have if they would stand before me then they would have proclaimed my words to you and me god is saying there is a whole new horizon of results and opportunities when my Word fills your heart, circumstances can change and healing can come and marriages can be revived and businesses can be restored. And yes, revival can come and people can come back to the Lord and circumstances can change. If you believe that, can I get a big amen out there? There will be a different outcome. There will be a radical change of direction. This doesn't have to go the way that it's going right now. He makes an observation. He gives them an offering, an offer, an opportunity. And then he gives us an understanding in the form of a question. This is what, this is what I want to talk to you around today. In verse 23, he simply just says, Am I a God who was?" Only close at hand? Am I a God who is only close at hand? Is that the sum total of what can be experienced of me? Is that all I have on offer? Is that all you can ever know of me? Let let, let me put this another way. Is there more of me? Is there something greater that I have on offer for you? Am I a God who is only close at hand? Says the Lord. And then he blows these prophets' minds when he says, No, I am far away at the same time. I am far away. At the same time, I am the faraway God. I have some friends that are going to help me today. Can you give them a big clap as they come and take the stage? Keep clapping until they get up here because they're amazing, handsome, good-looking men. Come and join me up on stage today, guys. Come on. Yeah, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. See, the thing, the thing about the world in which we live, the thing about the world in which we live is that there is a lot going on in this world that we're living in and the time that we're in. If you guys can just form like a bit of a a horseshoe around me, that's great. You're doing a good job. Thank you. Give them a big clap one more time. Come on. I mean, I don't know about you, but anybody else like me that you just feel like we've woken up in this world right now where there is just a lot that is going on. I mean, you know, it used to be that you had a job and you had to drive there for the job to start. Hello, anybody actually alive long enough to remember that? Now, now, I mean, I, I, you, you turn on your phone, it could be 5 a.m. in the morning and the emails have been coming in all night long. God bless your boss, but it's like, send it later but the stuff is coming in and already it might be 5.30 in the morning and you're triggered from three things that came in during the night, just before you went to sleep, the night before your job follows you everywhere. It's close at hand. And then we've got this beautiful, beautiful, blessed thing called social media. I mean, don't we just, it's been such a force of societal good, hasn't it? Improved all of our lives. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we, you know, we, we're now looking not only at the life that we're living, which seems so one way, everybody else has got their other lives and suddenly everything that's happening in the world everywhere comes what to us? It becomes close at hand to us. And we used to live in one city, but now we've got media and news that's coming into us, breaking news from all over the world, every earthquake, every tsunami, every famine, every news report, every, everything that can be used to get you to click or, or, or keep your eyes in a certain direction. And we're, we're hearing of politicians and changes and laws and other nations and all the world, and there's just stuff that is close at hand all the time and you used to watch friends 7:30 p.m. on a wednesday night but now you can binge watch every single lame series for till you know for months and weeks and i'm sorry but you got stream shows it's just the way that it is but you know we we, we can do this thing called binge watching. You used to just be able to binge eat. Now you can binge watch. And so it's all just close at hand. And, and I'm, I'm old enough that I remember when sport was just on a Saturday at 7.30 p.m. when the greatest team in all the world, the All Blacks, played. They're, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But anyway, it's a sport called rugby. God bless you. That's why you're carrying it. And that's why what Dr. Matt said about you is totally inappropriate. Earlier in our service today and and I rebuked that and in, G- in Jesus' name. But now, now, now we know that sports sells advertising, so it's every day, it's every day, it's every moment. I'm out to dinner with somebody, and they're having dinner with me while their iPhone is streaming the latest baseball game. There's another one tomorrow night. I said, who's playing? He said, oh, it's just one team. There's another team tomorrow, and it's just close at hand. And then we've got 24-7 pressure, and oh, by the way, we're still trying to keep our relationships functional. That didn't suddenly disappear, right? And so we're trying to keep everything together, and we, like I am remaining, married to hopefully the same person and you know we'd like to have some friends and the children don't disappear even though sometimes we'd like them to and so everything everything in our world just feels like it's close at hand it's close at hand and I don't know about you but I can feel like I'm living my life and it's like I'm just reacting from one close thing to the next close thing from the moment that I wake to the moment that I go to bed And here's the wonderful thing about my God, and it's your God too, is that no matter what I face in my life or how great the pressure is or how close at hand everything seems to be, my God is there for me. Our God is there for us. Can I get an amen? Amen. I mean, it doesn't matter how great the anxiety is, your God is close at hand. It doesn't matter how difficult the work pressure is, our God is close at hand. It doesn't matter how triggered somebody else's post makes us feel, our God is close at hand. He is always close at hand. He's there when we need a breakthrough. He's there when we need healing. He's there when we need peace. He's there when we just need constancy. He's there when you just need it to not lose it. He's always close at hand. He's the close-at-hand God. He's the close-at-hand God. But God is making an observation about these prophets. He says they are just running around. They're running around. I mean, they're running around. I mean, they've just got so much activity, and they've got so many things that they're trying to do, and so many competing pressures, and they bounce out of bed and down a quick double espresso and off to the first thing, and, and then maybe three more before lunchtime, and then, whoa, we better detox for the afternoon, and responding to a few emails late at night after they finished their late last engagement and is running around, running around, running around. And sometimes life gets hectic and I get it. And I'm not here to make you feel condemned for that. But I'm just saying there is just more to God. Is there anybody else like me that sometimes when you try to read your Bible on your iPhone app, Right? Before you get halfway through the first reading out of maybe four that you've got for the day, you've already got a text message pop-up, a Facebook notification, a sale announcement from an app you should never have downloaded, and certainly my wife should never have downloaded. And we find ourselves being in the middle of this moment that we've tried to have for God and suddenly things are happening all around me. Could an honest person in the room give me a hand and say, that's happened for me? Yeah, thank you. And the ones with their hands down, either don't read the Bible or are lying. But the truth is (laughs) that it's easy to live your life in the world in which we've found ourselves with so many things that are close at hand. It's not a new phenomenon. It's an ageless problem for which our God gives us an answer. See, the thing about God is that when we live our lives in the close at hand, there's actually a lot that we learn about Him. I don't know about you, but probably most parents in this room a vast majority of us, at one time or another, a child needs to go to hospital. And I've been that parent. I've been in the car with the child. I've been on the ground while my son's concussed. I've held his head waiting for the ambulance and felt the peace of the close-at-hand God. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've been in the environments in work where you feel like everything is about to fall apart and then felt the surety of the close-at-hand God. I've experienced His love, I've I've found His friendship, I've found His His constancy and His assurance. There's so much of God that we experience in the close at hand and in the day by day. The day by day rhythm of our lives gives us so much depth, so much closeness, and a lot of God's nature and character we discover is faithfulness. We discover His love. We, dig- we discover His constant presence. We realize that even though we don't have answers, our God is with us. There's so much of God that we discover in the day by day. But my friends, I want you to hear today that there are aspects of your God that you will never discover, that you'll never know if all you give to Him is moments in the day by day there are aspects of God that cannot be found in the middle of the hustle and the distraction. We live in a world where the most valuable thing on the planet today, right now, in the year 2023 is your attention. Right. Nothing is more valuable in all the world, more valuable than gold, silver, diamonds, is to get your gaze to focus in a certain direction. You create Anything that can get you to avert your eyes, it's worth billions, if not more, simply because you could get people's attention. In a world where everything glitters and beeps and calls for your focus, it's easy to find ourselves busy and occupied, but lacking in meaning and substance. It's easy for us to find ourselves in our walk with the Lord, shallowing up, to the place where all we know of Him is what we can find in the day by day. And what God says to His people and what God says to you and me is that I have more for you than what you can discover about me in the day by day. See, if you would just push back, I need you all to push back. If you would just push back in moments and seasons of your life and say, I'm just gonna discover that powerful thing called flight mode. I'm just gonna actually leave every distraction away from my life for this season. I'm gonna not just give God a microwave minute, but I'm actually gonna give Him this evening, this afternoon, these three hours in the morning. If we would just lay aside everything else, then we could discover the God that we can only find when we move from the day by day to the with the day. The God who is not just close at hand, but the God who is the far away God. (laughs) Please give it up for the production team and their brilliant insertion of themselves. Prophets immediately knew, they immediately knew what Jeremiah was declaring to them from the lips of the Almighty King because they knew that there was a God that they couldn't just, they couldn't receive what He had for them in the day by day of their lives. I discover His love and His faithfulness here. I discover his peace in the day by day. I discover his constancy and his assurance and his presence, and he can save me in the day by day. But he only commissions me, he only gives me vision. Faith promises largely come when I reach not for the day by day, but for the, the far away God. Not the close at hand God, but the, the far away God who calls to me in the night seasons and says, awaken my heart to prayer. The God who says, come away with me and spend time with me. It's the far away God that Habakkuk climbed the ramparts of the city like our friend has to look out during the seasons of the night to see and to receive His Word. It's the faraway God that Moses encountered when he turned aside to the burning bush after 40 years of futility and frustration. And I don't know how long you felt futile and frustrated, but I'm here to tell you that the faraway God can bring a promise and a vision and a new mission to your life and restore what's been lost and bring confidence back where it seems like it's ebbed away. He's the faraway God. It's the faraway God that Isaiah discovered. Isaiah the prophet was already a prophet when he wrote Isaiah 6 and he said, I was standing in the Lord's temple on the Lord's day next to the high priest and I saw the Lord And the train of His robe filled the temple with glory and I fell on my face and I said, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the Lord, the King of glory. It wasn't the close at hand God that Isaiah discovered on that day. It was the far away God. It's because of that moment with the faraway God that we have the book of Isaiah because He discovered not the God of the the ordinary and the day by day, but the God of vision and the God of commission and the God of encounter and the God of revelation. It's the faraway God. It's the faraway God that we're missing in our time. It's the faraway God that we need in our lives. It's the faraway God who frees us. It's the faraway God who seems to make appetites in us seem like nothing as we're awakened to the wonder of who He is. It's the faraway God that ruins us for a life without His presence. It's the faraway God who makes you feel commissioned and mandated. It's the faraway God who fills you with faith no matter what your eyes can see. It's the faraway God. It's the faraway God. See, guys, come and join around me. Join around me. Come in nice and close. Because the thing about it is that the devil understands that if he can get you in a place where everything is distraction and busyness, that he can prevent you from receiving the fullness of what God has for you. So we live in a world where it's just so easy to feel the hustle and bustle. And can I just make a couple of observations for you? I'm concerned that we are raising in our time a close at hand generation who are so distracted that their lives are missing in significance and meaning. I'm, cons- I'm concerned that we're raising a generation even of prophets in our time, ministers in our time, who only have experienced the close at hand God. So we've got sermons that are coming from the close at hand experiences. Yes, God loves you. These are truth, they're, they're powerful. None of them are anti-God, right? we got, we got worship songs that are coming from the close at hand God. But here's the thing, my friends. Celestial beings are not circling the throne of God. Seraphim are not circling the throne of God for millennium of human history singing, God loves me. Yes, God loves you. Yes, God loves you. It's truth. But we need more than that if we're going to bring revival to our generation. They circle the throne of God and they've been doing it for millennium of human history, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The whole earth is filled with His glory. And it's that faraway God that we need in our time. It's that faraway message that brings revival. It's that faraway awakening that's gonna see California and the United States and the world impacted with the glory of our God. We need the faraway 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 God. We need the the God. We need the God that means that we know how to worship beyond just a few lyrics on a run sheet. Worship team, tell them, John. Okay, I will. We should be concerned when a lyric stops and the worship continues and the congregation opens their eyes and puts their hands in their pockets. It shows us that all we know is the close at hand and when the scripting ends, we end the ability to speak. It's like a first date and we ran out of prompter questions. It's because all we have is the close at hand. We need the faraway God. We need the faraway God, how we could just have even a song, even a lyric, even a, even, a, even a ukulele. And if you just say, Jesus, suddenly my hands are up and my heart is abandoned because I know that if I can just avail myself to His presence, then He can change me, free me, heal me. He's the only one who is worthy of my adoration and my worship and my focus and my all. If you believe in the faraway God, put your hands together and give God some praise. We need the faraway God. We need the faraway God. We need Him. We need Him like we've never needed anything in our lives before. We need the faraway God. We need the faraway God. We need the faraway God. I need it. I need it. You need it. We all need it. How does the saying go? If the devil can't get you bad, he'll get you busy. I think it was Charles Finney, the great American revivalist, who started to use that word that I love more than any other word. Maybe when it comes to this notion of the faraway God, he said that we must tarry. I love that word. So when the Bible says those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Have you ever read the preceding scripture? It says, even youths grow tired and weary. Even young people stumble and fall. What did David write in the Psalms? He said, as for me, I would have lost heart because I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And then he said, I entered the temple. And I understood their end. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up with wings as eagles. They'll run, not grow weary, walk and not grow faint. Wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord. I entered his sanctuary and then I understood. I need the faraway God. We need the faraway God. God. Man, I feel, I feel God's presence in this room right now. Friends, you can go now. Thank you. Can we give them a big clap? Aren't they amazing? It's that faraway God. The band can come and join me now. It's, it's that faraway God. You said, seek my face, David wrote. My heart said, your face, Lord, I will seek. The God who calls. The God who calls. The Bible says about Jesus that crowds came from everywhere to hear Jesus preach. But Jesus often withdrew into the wilderness for prayer. Jesus learned Jesus knew. He didn't learn. He knew, of course. Jesus knew that the source of everything is not what God does for you in the close at hand. The source is what comes from the far away. When He came down the Mount of Transfiguration and His disciples were trying to drive out a demon but couldn't, that's awkward, by the way. They said, how do we get the demon to come out? He said only by prayer and fasting. It's the faraway God that's gonna drive out the demon. It's the faraway God that's gonna end your duplicity. It's the faraway God that's gonna fill you with faith again. It's the faraway God that's gonna transform that situation. It's the faraway God that's gonna bring healing to your marriage. It's the faraway God that's gonna give a young person in this room a vision to change the world and then be with you as you do it. It's the faraway God who'll give you such a clear identity that you'll never question who you are ever again. It's the faraway God. It's the faraway God. And That faraway God is here in this room right now, calling us to Himself, wooing us to worship, wooing us to worship. Come on, all over this room, why don't you stand to your feet together right now? Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you. Close your eyes, church, all over this room. Jesus, I thank you. You're so much more. You have so much more. You are so much more than what we could ever fully fathom or understand. But you call for us deep calls. Too deep. Show us the deep things. Show us the great things. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, fall in this room. Come far away, God. Come far away, God. All over this room, I just sense people feel in the presence of God coming close to you. I love the far away God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. There are people all over this room who are feeling the calling of the faraway God for you in this season of your life to set aside seasons where you would draw closer to Him. You feel the pull, the tug, the love, the desire of your faraway God who is jealous for your attention. If you feel that all over this room today, if this message is speaking to you take one or both of your hands and lift them high in the air all over the auditorium. Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. Holy Spirit come right now. I just sense that there are some people that are really facing some big battles in their life right now and I pray far away God come, come with assurance, come with a word. I just sense that there are several young men in this room today who feel no purpose for your life right now. And God is saying, if you would turn aside and reach out for Him, He already has a purpose for you. It's not a question of whether there is, it's only a question of connection and of discovery. So reach for Him until you find Him and find it. The purpose for your life is found in the faraway God. There are people here who feel like Moses felt, like maybe you failed or maybe life has passed you by. But I'm telling you, there's a burning bush for you if you'll just turn aside to see it. The faraway God is coming with fresh commissioning, like He came to Elijah who had to climb a mountain to hear a still small whisper. He's coming to you. He's the faraway God. He's the faraway God. He's the faraway God. He's the faraway God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Keep your eyes closed, but just put your hands down all over this room. Before I hand back, there are people all over this auditorium today who have come to church, and right now, you don't have your own relationship with Jesus. You're not connected with God. Maybe you've been a church person, but Jesus is not at the center of your life. Or maybe you've got no idea whether you're a Christian or not. You're in this room right now, and I want you to know, without a shadow of a doubt, God loves you. Jesus died on a cross for you. God cares about you. He's even numbered every hair on your head. God God cares about you deeply and intimately. And all over this room right now, there are many people who are saying, John, I've come to church today, but I'm not right with Jesus. If you'll just pray a prayer with me, today could be the day where you discover what it is to start your own journey of a relationship with Jesus, a journey that'll change your life for the rest of your life. All over this room, many people are saying, that's me, John, you're talking to me. I came to church today and I don't know Jesus. I'm not right with God. I've been a church person, but Jesus isn't at the centre of my life. I've got no idea whether I'm a Christian or not. If that's you, my friend, wherever you are in the auditorium, we're about to pray a prayer together. And in a moment, I want to know who's going to pray this prayer. So I'm going to ask you to take one hand and lift it high in the air. If you're saying, John, that's me. I need Jesus today. We won't embarrass you, but all over the room, lots of people are saying, John, I need Jesus in my life. I want you to lift your hand. I'm not right with Jesus. You lift your hand. I've been a church person, but Jesus isn't at the center of my life. You lift your hand. Got no idea whether I'm a Christian or not. You lift your hand. Once every hand is raised, we're going to pray this prayer together. But if you need Jesus, lift your hand high in the air right now. Lift it all the way up. Thank you. 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 All over the auditorium, hands go. going, thank you. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. So Praise God. Thank you, sir. Wonderful, wonderful. Every person in the auditorium, pray this prayer out loud with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I'm lost without you. I ask you, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin. I thank you, Jesus. You died on the cross for me. You love me. You accept me.
0: You forgive me. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages